Captain. Raging review. The Raging Cajuns will be a source of pride for this university, for the alumni, fans, and donors as we achieve success in the classroom, in the competitive arena, and in the community. It's about to get really fun. We're looking for dudes that will stand up. Well, Coach, let me tell you today, I'm here and I'm ready to stand up. And I challenge you, Raging Cajun Nation, to stand up with us. Stand up with us. Let's lock hand in hand. And let's walk through the gates of Omaha. Hey, I love y'all boys. Let's grind every day starting today. Let's do it. Y'all ready? Alarm! Alarm! Ready! Who's your team ready? Who's your team ready? That's up! I got one thing to say right here. Cajun win! Ladies, gentlemen, children and babies, Cajun Nation, welcome, bienvenue to another episode and edition of the Ragent Review Podcast. Tonight's a special night because, no, we're not going to talk about the upcoming football game in 10 days. We're not going to talk about what happened this past weekend, even though it was a great memory. We're going to talk about something very unique that is bringing a lot of interest and joy to the culture. As you all know, we are now part of the college sports world when it comes to the world of NIL. That's name, image, and likeness. And as of today, it is official. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns have has its own NIL collective, the Crew Alon. It is a great day. It is a great day to celebrate that. So what better way to celebrate it than to talk with Nick and our special guest that will be on in a few minutes about our new NIL collective, the Crew Outlaw launching. Should be a lot of fun. And hey, you know what? Never, never a problem when you evolve with college sports, right, Nick? Important, man. This is this is huge. If we want to keep up with with everyone else, this this is a, a necessity. And so very excited to have someone like John leading the collective. Uh, I mean, I, I just talked to him for a few minutes before we we got this thing going and, and uh, didn't even talk about NIL, but, but dude got me fired up. So excited. I think he's a great representative for the university and the community, which is what we need. We need more community involvement. And I think this is maybe what can bridge the gap between the administration, the program and our fans. So uh, great things happening uh, within our university. And uh, I'm excited to get to talk to John tonight. Definitely have a lot to talk about with John, but uh, first, before we do anything, of course, we have to thank our sponsors. Let's get it started. Starting off with Mr. Gordon McKernan, Gordon McKernan Injury Attorneys, office locations in Lafayette, Alexandria, Lake Charles, Monroe, Shreveport, Zachary, Denham Springs, Gonzalez, Hammond, and home office in Baton Rouge. Go by and see the Chief Happiness Officer Penny, and you'll be glad you did. Get the G guarantee, Gordon will win your case or you don't owe a dime. That's right, no cost, no expenses, no fee, nothing. They've done thousands in NIL deals. They've assisted athletes with everything from promoting their personal brands to networking within the business world. You can call toll free at 888-532-1573. That's 888-532-1573. Go to getgordon.com, www.getgordon.com. Get Gordon and get it done. Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, licensed and insured, locally owned and family operated. Darren Domang, a proud UL alum and RCAF supporter, also a fan of the pod. 
Lafayette Roofing is certified with the Better Business Bureau, where Mr. Doming serves as a board director. Just a reminder, if you haven't inspected your roof for damage with the wild weather we've had the last couple of years, make sure to check for the following. Sagging, signs of water damage, dark spots, holes, cracked or torn shingles, large amounts of shingle granules and gutters, presence of rot, mold, or moisture. They have three different options for financing available, and they also offer exceptional interior and exterior painting and sheetrock services. They have over 10,000 satisfied customers, so I guess they can't be wrong, right? So give D Darren and the crew a call today at 337-237-ROOF. That's 337-237-7663 or visit lafayette-roofing.com. Patriot Steel Group, the guys over at Patriot Steel Group would like to thank all RCAF donors and encourage everyone to consider giving any amount they can to support our student athletes as well as their, their mission to promote our great university. Led by friend of the pod, Chris Russo, this is his new venture, founded in 2021. The founders of Patriot have over 100 years of experience collectively in the oil and gas industry, and they offer domestic ERW, which stands for electric resistance welded and seamless tubulars. We can provide you with quality steel anywhere in the United States from premium alloys to carbon grade. Contact Brandon Gallette or Reed Barbier at 337-443-9296. That's 337-443-9296. Or you can visit the Patriot Steel Group LinkedIn page. So once again, thanks to our sponsors one more time. Gordon McKernan Injury Attorneys, Lafayette Roofing and General Contractors, and Patriot Steel Group. Okay, time to get the show on the road once again. The NIL Collective is here. It has come to Lafayette, Louisiana, and is led by this man right here, as you see him, Mr. John Aiken. He is the president of the Crew Alain. If some of you have recognized him or heard that name, yes, he does sound familiar. If you recall, the few times we've played the Magnese State Cowboys, you saw him on the other side of the court, the former head coach for the Magnese State Cowboys. But you know what? He's come to the good side now. Again, he looks Amen. better in red. Amen. Glad to have Amen. him. John, how are you doing, man? And um, thank you so much for coming to the pod tonight. Man, thank you, guys. When I when I came over to Lafayette, one of the first things you notice as a Raging Cajun supporter is the Raging Review and what you guys do. And so uh, it was it was a goal of mine to get on this as quick as possible. And so I really do appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm fired up. It's a great day, busy day, uh, busy week. But uh, I love that I, I get to be a part with the, you guys. Well, we hope to keep the momentum going there. And thank you so much for the kind words. Um, you know, we, we we recognized the efforts that you were putting in. I mean, you hit the ground running from the start. Uh, we At first, you know, we had heard stories and uh, and rumors of, oh, we're going to get an NIL collective. Then all of a sudden, this crew on lawn just pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> and I mean, you're just, I mean, you're, you're hitting the ground running. And we're all like, who, who, what's this? You know, what's going on here? But yeah. it's fantastic seeing the momentum that's been pushed here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you, right? So you're not from here. Originally, you're from Portland, Maine, which is a pretty long drive. What brought yeah. you down here to South Louisiana? Coaching. I was a basketball coach for 15 years. Uh, and I was sharing a story earlier tonight. Um, you know, we were talking with uh, Evan Roberts, who works in the athletic administration, and 
he was asking my story. He didn't know the whole story. And he's like, coaches have the most unique paths of how they get into things. And how did you get from Portland, Maine to, I mean, all the way down to, I was at the Thibodeau at one point in time, you know? And so I just shared, I, I took a chance on myself. I bet on myself uh, back in 2008, crazy story. I'll be brief with it, but I quit a marketing job. I put everything that I owned in a storage unit. I went to Africa because I, had an opportunity to work with athletes in action to be a basketball coach. And I felt like it could launch me into a full-time coaching gig. And it did just happened to be in Jackson, Mississippi. And so I got from Maine to Mozambique to Jackson, Mississippi, all to get to Lafayette, Louisiana. So it's been a heck of a journey, but um, I wouldn't trade it for a minute. Uh, it's been awesome. And I'm really excited about what I'm doing now. Jerry, before yeah. you go, I just want to tell you, John, look, we've had we've had professional hockey teams. We've had guys from Canada that come down and play in Lafayette. And they I'm just saying they never leave. Like we got a oh, lot yeah. of Canadians living in Lafayette. So this might yeah. be your last stop. Don't be surprised if you end up staying here for a, a long time. There's a guy named Kevin Kaminsky. Killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Killer. Killer. Kevin Kaminsky. So he played. For the Portland Pirates in Portland, Maine. Sure so did. I got to know Kevin um, out at the bars, <laughs> like when I was <laughs> when I was when I was a youngster. Um, he would after the games, him and the team would come over and we'd we'd hang out. And I had no clue what he got into. And then I was talking with somebody. They're like, "Yeah, a guy named Kevin Kaminsky was down here. I guess he was coaching the team or something." Uh, but yeah, man, it's once you get into this culture, this culture just overwhelms you, and uh, it's hard to get out of. So, so John, you coached at Magnese for a few seasons. You were the head basketball coach there. So you got to live in Lake Charles. You got to experience the kind of the outskirts of Acadiana, if you will. We like to say that. But sure. talk a little bit about the perception of the University of Louisiana while you were there. I know we were, they're old rivals and whatnot, but you, I'm sure you familiarized yourself considering the fact that you probably recruited against UL. I'm sure you, I mean, obviously you played us a few times. What was your perception of Lafayette as well as the university coaching at a place like Nichols as well as Magnese before arriving here? Yeah, that's a great question, Jerry. Um, you know, both at Nichols and Magnese, a game that we highlighted every year was UL. You know, it was a, a place that we always targeted because we felt like if we could compete, let alone win, you know, it put us on a sort, certain platform. And then you got over here um, and you just, honestly were envious of the athletic program uh how things were run it felt like it was something bigger here and so um there was for sure an envy and we really got to experience some of that even though it was during covid uh in 2020 the hurricane hit uh hurricane laura hit lake charles and so we had to relocate our whole program to lafayette i lived in the hilton garden inn our players lived in dorms on campus uh, we used the Moncla practice facility uh, for our practices. We got to use the training room. And I remember walking around campus, even though it was dead because it was COVID and there was no one around. I remember walking around campus and saying, man, this place is really special. Um, and I would love to be at a, a place like this at some point in time in my career. I never would have imagined it be like this. But, yeah, this has been a uh, a measuring stick, I guess you could say, in my career type of place, a place that I always aspired to be uh, or to be at that level of you know i could totally relate to that because uh, from a on a personal note i was in high school i'm from new orleans originally and when hurricane katrina hit we, my family and i were displaced here and um 
I'll be honest with you, like as hard as it was to have my home basically flooded, the the way Lafayette took us in, and and of course, I, you know, my, my dad went to school here, my cousin played baseball here, so I had ties here, mm-hmm. but living here for the few months and experiencing the warmth and the welcome of this community, you can ask any of my friends in New Orleans, like when I went back, I told them specifically, like, I'm going to UL, I'm moving back to Lafayette, mm-hmm. whatever I do, like, that's my school, and it's been 16 years and I haven't looked back. Um, there's something about this place that just, that just reels us in. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so you got to, you got to coach. Um, and of course, again, you were the head coach at McNeese, but going from the transition from coaching to what you do with NIL, a lot of coaches, whether it's almost like you're almost like a traveling man, right? You go from mm-hmm. one place to the next, or maybe sometimes you may stay longer, but for you, instead of going elsewhere to coach, you decided to go into the NIL arena. Yes. How did that come about? Because I'm, you might be the first coach I've ever met that <laughs> goes from a head coaching job to just, you know what, I'm gonna do something totally unique in the college sports world. Yeah, um, and you hit on it, what, what you just touched on, the very first thing you talked about is the transient nature of being a coach. Uh, my daughter is 13 years old, and going into eighth grade, she'd already been in six different schools, you know? And so for me, she had finally found a place that was her comfort zone. Um, you know, she, we just moved around so much. Then you have COVID and then the hurricane, she had to move to Mississippi for a semester. And so we finally had got her two years in a row at one school, sixth and seventh grade. It was the first time in her whole schooling career where she had gone a full two years in one school. And so for me, when I got let go, I had opportunities um, at other universities where I could have gone and been assistant coach or um, some type of role. But I just didn't feel right about picking my family up and moving halfway across the country and starting that chase again. Uh, And so I chose to just kind of sit down uh, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. I had the vision to do some event planning because I had done that at McNeese. And so that was initially my vision. Uh, but more than anything, I just wanted to provide the stability, at least for my for her to get through eighth grade, you know, get through middle school. She's a student council president, it's a small little Christian school, but she still had that. And uh, she's like a cheer captain. So I couldn't take that away from her. Um, and so it was a it was a natural decision to stay. But I had no clue what I would end up doing. Uh, I just felt that God would kind of provide and give me some direction and sure enough here i am well we're glad to have you and um you know i guess fam like they always say family comes first i have a a family of my own so i can totally relate to that um things change when you have children i have a one-year-old and man your whole world's turned around but it's for it's for the best you know it's for the better for sure um so let's talk a little bit about the crew along uh you're now the head of the crew along you had this nil initiative Obviously now college sports has gone crazy. It's just changed like crazy about this with NIL and these 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 uh, different uh, rules. And, and we'll get into that. But but first off, a lot of fans as excited as they are about this, it's a very it's it's a very new phenomenon, right? These NIL collectives. Yeah. Specifically, what is the crew law and, and what is its goal slash mission for UL athletics? Yeah, you know, the crew is, you know, it's funny. I was with a group uh, this afternoon 
Ben Berthelot, who runs Lafayette Travel, had asked me to come speak to his members. And I asked, there was probably 50 people in the room, and I asked 50 people. These are people that are high level at hotels or uh, different things in, in Lafayette travel-wise. Uh, not one person knew what a collective was or had heard of a collective. you know. And so for me, it's now about educating, one, not just what is the crew, but what the heck is a collective? Uh, what is NIL? And so more than anything, the collective gives a army type approach to fundraising for the name, image, and likeness of student athletes at UL. Uh, I know that a lot of people in this community have done some one-off deals where they've gone one-on-one with a student athlete. Uh, some people have, have done some good job in a collective space of raising some money for an individual sport, but my goal as the crew is to have, again, like an army approach where we hit a wide swath of people um, to raise a large sum of money that can then use to be proactive in the retention of student athletes more than anything, uh, where we can help them monetize their name, image, and likeness. Yes, we want to do that. But we also want to create experiences. We want to create value. Uh, I want to spend time with our student athletes on the, on the field. Uh, I like this, uh, this Friday, we've got a great opportunity at Drago's and we'll get into that later, but Kendrick Gant and Casey Osai are two of the guys. And obviously Zion will be there, but I spent about 20 minutes on the phone with those guys talking about the opportunity to get with them on Friday to come out. And I talked about, man, what do you guys want to do when you get done playing bat or get done playing football? What's your post playing career going to look like? And they talked about opening up a park because they've got younger siblings. They talked about opening up a physical therapy practice. Uh, and so for me as a coach, you know, I coached because I love the relationship aspect of it. And so that more than anything with the crew, I want to, I really want to develop relationships. Um, even with parents, I, parents want to know who's dealing with their kids, who's talking to their kids, who's, who's paying their kids, you know, like they want to know, do they have pure motives? Do they have pure heart? Um, and so for me, it's important to, to be known by the families, but more than anything, the crew uh, exists and I'll read it to you verbatim to enhance the experience of raging Cajun student athletes and provide experiences them for them to connect with our engaging and enthusiastic fan base. I mean, that's ultimately my purpose um, as the president of the crew is to create those type of opportunities. So real quickly, Nick, before you go, I have to ask, how did you get involved with the crew? Like, did you, was there somebody you approached? Uh, was it something you saw? Maybe I don't, I'm not going to say a newspaper ad, right? I mean, that's talking old school, but right. with the initiatives and all of these NIL collectives around college sports, and, and you mentioned you wanted to stay close to where, you know, where you were in Lake Charles was, did somebody approach you about this or was it something that you noticed, Hey, I can do this because I've been through these type of these, these, uh, these processes before as a coach. Sure. So it was actually Easter weekend. I was racking my brain. So it had been about a month since, I, since I'd been let go at McNeese. And I just, I was talking to, I think it was Todd Simon, who's the head coach at Bowling Green. It was either him or Steve uh, Stilitz, who's at Western Kentucky now. And talking to them about positions on their staff. And I was asking them what they had going on in their world. And both of them were like, man, I'm getting with a booster. We're trying to get a collective going. We're trying to to figure out how to raise money for NIL. 
because they're they were both new coaches at these schools and so they had to raise all kinds of money to recruit with uh, and so I went back to what I had done at McNeese outside of coaching I had run these fundraisers for four years four out of the five years where we raised almost seven hundred thousand dollars in four years and it was an event that each year was like a tip-off to the basketball season and so I pitched it literally to Bob Marlin and Jay Ladner uh, at Southern Miss. Those were my first two pitches. I say, hey, coach, what would you think if I did something like this to try to raise money for NIL? Could it help? And both of them called me that weekend and said, yes, let's do it. And so ultimately, that's what I thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to do event planning. Um, and like I've seen on a couple of blogs where people are like, well, he's doing stuff for other schools now. That's where that kind of comes from, because I had committed to Jay at Southern Miss early in the process and I wasn't going to back out on him. But as I started to dive into this, Southern Miss has a collective. Okay. And so when I started to plan their event for them, we marketed it as a collective event. Well, I came back down to coach Marlin. And I said, man, we can, I have a, I have a company called the players promotional group that we're going to run it through. The players promotional group means nothing to Lafayette means nothing to Acadiana. So if I'm going out there and asking people to write checks to that, all that's going to do is raise eyebrows, ask questions. What is this group, right? And so I said, Coach, I feel like you have to have a collective. And I don't know who could do that, but I feel like we, we've got to figure out how to get you a collective. And he's – I'll rewind just a little bit. Back when I had first brought this to him in April, I was in a meeting with Dr. Maggard. And Dr. Maggard loved the idea of the events back in April. Uh, he said, is this something you could do for the whole athletic department? And I was like, I mean, sure, why not? I guess we could. Didn't really think twice about it. But, yeah, we could figure it out. I'm a figure it out guy, sure. Uh, then he had mentioned, he's like, you know, what about, like, how is there a way to hold hold some funds, that kind of thing? And I said, you know, I think this guy's talking about a collective. This was way back in April. But my mind wasn't there. It was on, man, I've got Southern Miss on the line. At the time, I was working with a Florida State collective about some stuff. And so my mind was events. Fast forward to July, the meeting where I told Coach Marlin, I feel like we have to have a collective. They had just presented a collective idea to the RCAF executive board, literally that day. And so a guy named Chris Landry and Karen Hayes uh, walked into my meeting with Coach Marlin and said, man, we just left out of this meeting. We have – the chance to get a collective going, but we got to get off the ground. And I just looked at all three of them and said, why don't I just start the collective? Just like that. Um, and Coach Marlin was like, would you do that? I said, Coach, why not? I had no clue what I was signing up for, to be honest with you. Uh, but I called, I called, actually text Dr. Maggard. I said, hey, Dr. Maggard, give me a shot when you get a chance. I want to run something by you. And so he called me the next day. And I said, call me crazy, but I had this thought. You had asked me some questions in April. I've been thinking as I'm doing this planning, what if I created a collective? I can go start an LLC. I can do the whole deal. Um, what do you think? And he said, man, that would be a godsend if you could find a way to do something like that. So then from there, it became a brainstorming. How is this going to look? What do we need to look like this to look like? And it's, I mean, it, that vision was mid-July, I guess, um, to now, October. So you're talking less than three months um, from infancy, really, to now where we're really at the starting line today 
is what I like to call it. Uh, we're just really getting to the starting line now. So that's the four or five minute version of how I got to where we are today. Great story, man. Great story. Love hearing that. So when you're looking at people to join the crew, are you looking for the executive? Are you looking for the company, the everyday Joe? Who's your ideal member to join the initiative? So, you know, it's funny, man. And it's, this isn't like big fish or anything, but you know, we launched, we launched this officially, I guess this afternoon and the very first member quote unquote of the crew to join was a $25 gift. They just, who, I don't know who I'm not, I have to go back and look at the name, but they gave $25. That's great. You know, then shortly a little bit later, someone else gave $125 shortly later, someone signed up for a thousand dollar yearly deal. Right. Well, that's my approach, man. How can we be a product for the people? You know, and we need some big fish now. I mean, we need some big fish. We're going to have to go after the big boys and we're going to have to have uh, some strategic thinking there. But, dude, I'm a I'm going to be real with you guys. I grew up in a trailer park with, my, with a single mom. You know, I'm as blue collar as they get. I, I got everything out of the mud. Like I'm a I, when we when I was at Nichols, we wore Walmart shirts and said out the mud. That's just who I was. And so for me. I'm going to put my arm around a shoulder, hang out at the tailgate, spend time, man, sign up for 20 bucks. Hey, hey, tell your friends to sign up too, you know, and do I, I don't necessarily have a ton to give back. I don't have a bunch of ticket access. I don't have a, a lot of things, but what I can promise you, I will be your friend. I'm going to be your boy and I'm going to put, I'm going to make sure that your uh, commitment to the crew matters and that we like the Dragos thing. Just show up to Drago's and, and get a bite to eat and and hang out. And a, a part of what you spend that night is going to go back to the collective. What a cool way to do that. People like to hang out and drink on Fridays, I'm pretty sure, in Lafayette. So do it at Drago's. Do it with no, us. No, they do. We do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so so it's a it's a it's a multi-pronged approach. You know, we have to have the we have to get some big ones. We just we absolutely have to. We have to get businesses, but then we have to involve the everyday uh, common person at a high level. We have to make them feel like they really um, can contribute to this crew. What you just said about the blue collar, I mean, we've been waiting to hear that for a long time because we've always, we, we've always been that blue collared fan base. And, you know, some of the things that we found in the past was a lot of times to evolve with college sports is we, Sometimes our fans feel like we've gone after the white collar a little too much lately, only because we're trying to kind of keep up to keep up with the Joneses. But man, that was so great to hear that hear you say that that the blue collar uh, part of the fan base is just as important because that's that's what we are. Most of our fans are blue collar, and you know what else they do? They fill the seats. So um, you know, emphasizing that importance to the blue collar. Um, uh, fan part of the fan base is, is so important. And thank you for saying that because that is, that's music to our ears, right, Nick? <laughs> yeah. And Jerry, uh, along those lines, our players come from blue collar families, right? Oh so yeah. Let's talk, Absolutely. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about what they're looking for in NIL deals. I mean, you see these guys getting cars and flashing their Rolex on TV. Um, I, I can't imagine that every college player is looking for that in an NIL deal. So can you expand on on what you see the student athletes looking for when they come to the collective looking for NIL deals? 
appreciation. I think appreciation, recognition. Um, I mean, we've done a few very small things so far uh, with the Dragos event. You know, we've had Kobe Julian, Joe Charles, Demas Folks, Kyle DeBars, John Taylor, and then we're going to have the football guys, Zeon Chris, Casey Osai, and Kendra Gant this weekend, right? We're not passing out Rolexes. We're not, we're not giving them six-figure deals. Um, but, uh, like, I told the football guys, half-joking, I said, guys, post to social media. Uh, come and make an appearance. Let's really get your brand out there. And what a way to have an open weekend. I can put a little extra change in your pocket, and you can have a, a great open weekend, you know? And they were so appreciative. Just – to be heard. Now, are we going to have to do more than just make sure they're appreciated down the road? Yeah, we are. Um, but I think just them understanding that, hey, there's somebody that has my back. Like when I talk to any of our student athletes after I've already I've talked to them about the contract, what we're going to do, I tell them, hey, let me know if you need anything. If it's a shoulder to cry on, if it's a man, I'm having a tough day. I said, I'm a coach, but I'm not your coach. I was telling that to Kendra again. And sometimes it, it can be hard to go with a coach with a need because you don't want to feel like you're stressing them out or maybe you're not focused. I said, I can, I, I'd be more than happy to help in those capacities. And so I think our student athletes, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to fight off some big boys for sure. Um, but more than anything, I think they just want to know that in the interim, man, we're being proactive. We're not being reactive to the transfer portal. Like the last thing, but the thing I want to do, and this is my experience as a coach, you want to know what's in your war chest before the kid comes into the office and says, man, I'm, I'm thinking about going. The worst thing that can happen is you get blindsided. The kid says he wants to transfer and you say, well, give me a week and let me see what I can come up with. You know, cause in that time that you're trying to come up with stuff in a week, there was somebody else that's probably been in his ear or in his people's ear. And so now you're way behind the eight ball. And so my thing is being proactive and letting these guys know guys and ladies, man, there's a collective and they're taking care of us. They're doing some stuff um, and, and continuing to tell them, hey, we're going we're gonna to be able to give you guys opportunities in the future through uh, brand ambassadorship with different organizations, appearances, that type of thing. Yeah, and, and before you go, Jerry, somebody in the, in the chat asked a question, and I, you kind of touched on that. A lot of Power 5 schools have bigger NI deals than we have. How would you go about keeping those athletes here? And I think you kind of touched on it. You know, $25 gifts are great right now, but we also need the support of the entire community uh, and businesses, et cetera. So how do you build that war chest? Like I said, it's a multifaceted approach. You know, I think you've got to have the army. We got to have, I mean, maybe I'm being ambitious, but we could have a thousand people to join the crew at whatever level, you know, like um, that put, ten dollars into a hundred whatever and then we do have to go after some some heavy hitters that are invested uh to give to it we definitely have to do that and then the, these events right so i'm doing this event for basketball okay tomorrow i'm actually in the double tree right now that's why the background behind me isn't great and looks like i'm in a, a dingy motel eight but i'm in the double tree the light bulbs they, there's no light bulbs in the uh the shade behind me so i'm just got one light in the room making the best of the lighting situation you're looking good man though you're, you're fine good. It's all you're good. fine <laughs> we've had worse uh, i promise you're fine uh, but like this event you know is a collective event so we've sold close to 50 tables a little bit more than 50 tables okay we're gonna have 16 or 17 live auction items 
We have 70 silent auction items. We're going to do um, like a net cutting thing at the end of the evening to try to get people, hey, you want to cut a piece of the championship net? You can do that for a donation towards the collective, you know. Well, hopefully at the end of the night, we have a six-figure net, a net for the night. Well, now that six-figure net just went to basketball, okay? So then we change our attention to probably football. And we hopefully will get into this later, but I have a, a board of guys that played here, are from the community. We're going to get together next Wednesday morning, and we're going to have our first advisory board meeting to talk about the, su the success of the rollout, how the first event went, and then what do we do next? You know, what do we do for football? And the thing I know about uh, South Louisiana, and I guess it's just my experience being here the last seven years, it's a very transactional community. And when I say that, people will give if they know that they're getting a high quality something in return. Okay. So for me, like this event tomorrow, we have Wayne Toops playing in it. The guys are going to be dressed in tuxedos. The meal is going to be amazing. Well, you sell a table for $1,000. Man, that seems like a lot. If I just go ask somebody for $1,000, eh, well, here, give $1,000. Come listen to Wayne Toops. Bring seven of your friends. Dress up. Have a great time. That's a different type of ask. And then they might get to the auction. Maybe they spend $1,000 on auction items that they didn't even mean to spend. Uh, and so we're going to do that uh, for, for different sports. So that grows the pot as well. Uh, we've got all kinds of ideas. I have a, a big picture idea of trying to – we're a crew. What do crews have? They have balls. Balls, right? yeah, exactly. So, so my big picture idea is that at some point in time during the year, it might not be Mardi Gras season, but at some point having a crew along Mardi Gras-themed ball that is for all athletics where we sell tables, we sell sponsorships, we blow it out. And we and that goes back to Dr. Maggart. Could you do something like this for all athletics? That would be, a, I think, a really cool event. And it would be it's a pitch that people understand. Hey, you want to be a part of the crew? They're having a ball at the end of the summer or they're having a ball in the spring. And it doesn't necessarily feel like an NIL ask in this space that people are still trying to understand. Uh, the other thing that these events do is they are a great opportunity to educate. So tomorrow night, we're going to have, we're seating 400 people. Well, guess what? I'm going to have 400 interactions where I can tell people who I am, what we're doing, why we're doing it, how you can support, spread the word. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a twofold approach. You know, you can educate and you get money. And then you turn around and you do that again for football who may have a, a little bit different fan base, you know? Um, and so hopefully this momentum that we're creating just becomes a wave, like a tsunami that just kind of grows this thing over time. And then maybe, maybe we have a pretty robust collective and we can beat some of these big boys with some big deals. Maybe. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Nick, we got the right man for the job. Talk about me up I'm about getting this. fired up. I know. I'm Take my money. Up. Take my money, this man. man's giving like a pre – it's like back to his coaching days, giving a pregame speech in the locker room. You know, the, the, the crew Alon just getting started. This man's firing us up. So, you know, John, the, the crew Alon, you mentioned it's a, it's, it is an LLC, correct? So it's independent of, from the university. How does it so, – so you've got – we've got RCAF. We've got 
the UL Foundation. We've got different fundraising arms. We've got the Alumni Association. Uh, many different aspects of fundraising to help student-athletes and other uh, missions of the university. How how does Kuala in particular tie to the university in that way, even though it's an LLC? So, And, and also, how does it complement RCAF and the foundations as well? Like, how, how would you position Kuala with those other avenues of fundraising? So there's a phrase that I, I love, and I don't know if you guys will echo this, but I believe that rising tides raise all ships, right? And so if the tide is rising, whether that's through RCAF giving, through collective giving, through enrollment increasing, uh, through attendance increasing, whatever the case may be, as all those things increase, the, the ships, all the different ships increase right so my thing is how can i help the learfields of the world how can i help the rcas of the world how can i be of a support to them in their endeavors because they have they have quotas they gotta hit they have missions that they're trying to drive um i'm speaking to the rcaf board and executive committee on friday at their retreat at the paragon and my whole thing is to let them know, man, I'm in RCAF's corner. We're working together. Me and Trey, we talk all the time in terms of ideas. There has to be some symmetry in terms of I can't go step on some toes that maybe they're trying to get. We, we're trying to build a stadium. We're trying to do some stuff for baseball. I understand that. So to me, that's where these events, like tomorrow night, Man, maybe someone gives $20,000 tomorrow night at the auction that we didn't go ask them for 20. And so RCAF can go hit them for that big number because they didn't feel like they got asked for that number by me, you know? And so it's just kind of trying to figure out in unison, it's going to be a work in progress. Um, but I'm here to support and again, rise the tides with them because I, we have so many so many incredible things. That's the one thing I'll tell people. Someone that's coming from the outside, coming into UL, the appreciation, the admiration that I have for this place is sky high. I look at the base. Like, I went to the softball game last night. Holy cow, man. Their culture is absolutely incredible. There's you know, the baseball. Like it, man. Oh, it's. I mean, yeah. they played LSU Eunice on a – Tuesday night in a fall ball October <laughs> and, yeah. and they had a thousand, 1500 people at the game. I was like, what is going on? Um, and so like when this stadium gets built, okay, let's think about timing. Okay. Let's think about all the timing that we got going on. NIL is getting rolled out. We're raising money for their stadium. We we're going to win. Cause we win. Right. I mean, the men's basketball just went to the tournament. Baseball just goes to the tournament. They're, the softball team might win a college world series sometime in the next couple of years, you know, football looks like they're on the ascend. So this is a great opportunity for people to invest in the student athletes through the NIL help us to retain. And then as we do that, man, now RCF giving goes up because people want better seats. They want better opportunities in the building to be able to say, man, I was a part of making sure that, Zeon State, or I was a part of making sure Kobe Julian had a great experience. So to me, 
it's a hand in hand approach. One thing before you go, Jerry, John, I got to tell you what is unique about your position is you're not quote affiliated with the university. Don't be scared to challenge them because while you're a partner, I think we need somebody on the outside, sometimes asking those difficult questions that, that maybe somebody on the inside can't ask. So my hope is that that does bring that level to the the table and saying, yes, I'm your partner, but I'm also going to challenge you to do things better where I see those opportunities. And, and to uh, add on to that too, you, you've been a coach and, and you were a coach when this all started. So you've seen the other side as a coach coaching at a place like Magnese where you can retain some players and there might've been a player or two that might've gone off to, to, to bigger, bigger programs. And so, you know, you, you, have seen that side of it. It's not like you're, you're a, um, uh, you know, an administrator that's come in, that's always worked on the administrative side. You've seen it from the coach's angle. So you've seen it firsthand with dealing with mm-hmm. players. So mm-hmm. definitely to Nick's point, I mean, <laughs> If there's anybody who has that experience on that end of how to communicate with a player, like you said, you 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 know you, you, even though you're not a coach, you're, you've been in that world. That would be so beneficial to maybe some of these players here that may say, eh, "I might want a better deal." Well, maybe maybe it may not be the best option for them. We've seen in nil players that leave, they want more money or they want more opportunity, and sometimes it's not always bright on the other side. You know? Yeah, and that's I think it's a again. The it's I don't know of any other coach that is running a collective, former coach that's running a collective. And so I can speak to coaches and understand their needs, their stress level, um, what they're going through. Like I told I told Des. Des had the same thing happen to him that happened to me. He got promoted from within, right? And so the noise gets real loud at times. And so after a game this year, I sent him a text and said, Man, you're doing a heck of a job. Like keep your head up, keep your chin up, like block out all that noise because you're the man. Like, so I can speak to our coaches because I understand what they're going through. I can speak to the players and the families because I've done the recruiting. And then I've, I've had experience with administrators and understanding their real needs, um, their real, their fears, you know, there, there's a fear here that man, maybe we could cannibalize some giving or, or whatever. Um, I haven't been told that, but I could assume there is. And then to to your y'all's point, yeah, how do we push the envelope a little bit and find some things in the fringes? How do we have long-reaching tentacles that can reach into different parts of the community that maybe we haven't engaged or we haven't found? Um, and so for me, I'm just trying to fill in the cracks the best that I can. Um, and the one thing I promise you I will do, I will bring passion, drive, uh, excitement, energy. I will connect. I'm a relationship oriented guy. Uh, and so I'm going to, that's going to be my approach uh, as we drive this thing. I'm sorry. I got distracted because the Astros just won. Um, hey, so let's, let's <laughs> yes, let, yes. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the collective competing with, with bigger programs. So what can, can fans like me who, who maybe don't have the, the 30,000, 40,000, $50,000 to donate or businesses that do have that money? How do they get, involved with the collective where do they start yeah a couple different ways um again going back to engagement in these events so like uh i'll just put one out there like lafayette travel okay ben birth a lot uh is a guy that i've i've got to know a little bit and he's actually going to be a guy that's on our advisory board um well lafayette travel is a sponsor for our event uh tomorrow evening they're going to 
do some other things for us as well. Um, so that's one way to get involved when we have events, sponsor the events, you know, and, and be a part, make sure you attend. The other really simple way is to go to crewalon.com, K-R-E-W-E-A-L-L-O-N-S.com. And we have giving levels, you know, uh, our giving levels all go right along with our crew theme. We have an associate member, a junior member, a walking member, a social member, a rider member, and a king of the crew. Uh, and I made those levels to go with the crew because I think it speaks to the culture here. People understand that when they see the crew and, oh, I can be a rider member. Or I can be the king of the crew. And um, so you can go on and you can give it those levels. You can also go and give it no level and just give a dollar if you want to. Um, all at crewalon.com. You can you can engage with me like the Dragos thing. I got a, a call from a third party saying, hey, we're trying to kind of reignite some things at Dragos. Is there any chance we could partner with you a little bit uh, to try to drive some people uh, to the patio? I said, sure, why not? You know, and so that's for me, the, the involvement is by going to the website and giving coming up with ideas like for me i what I, you guys don't know this we haven't talked about it but i am a grassroots beat the bushes type of dude the only way i know how to go out and get anything done is to network and so i go and i have a meeting with somebody i ask them for two to three names who do i have to visit with give me an idea of what you think we could do how could we engage the community better and then i follow that up and I go and I make calls to those people and I have another two or three meetings the next day. And that's why I put on about 20 pounds since I started this collective. But, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just for me, you get involved by reaching out to me or one of our board members, go on our website um, and get involved in these events. These events are going to be great opportunities for people to become involved and and educated about exactly what it is we're doing. Now, I know most of these events right now are in the Lafayette area. Are you looking to expand? I live in the Houston area, and I'm trying to – I'm kind of like you. I'm a grassroots guy. I'm trying to drum up some support, some watch parties on weekends. Is there Nick, an I, idea maybe further down the line to just expand FYI, it a bit? Just FYI, Nick has a pool at his house, and he has watch <laughs> parties. So if you want a place to have – And I learned how event. to smoke some meat, so it's pretty dangerous in my <laughs> and place. And a patio with a big screen TV. Oh, yeah. Right. So – so it's crazy, man. Um, I was sitting with Lance Stutes last night. I don't know if you guys know. Oh, man. Lance. I know. Yeah, I worked with the baseball team for a long time, so I know Lance yeah. well. So I was sitting with Lance last night, and his daughter's a freshman on the softball team. Uh, and so we were just kind of – we were watching the softball game, just kind of talking about different things. And he said, you know what? Baseball is playing in a deal over at Minute Maid Park in Houston. He said, you should do something around that event. So that's a heck of an idea. I said, what if we rented out like a rooftop bar during that weekend and we had the Houston Alumni Association for UL, we did an event over in Houston in coordination with the LSU, Texas, UL, Minute Maid deal. I mean, I, but again, that's just that's me easy, sitting right? down. Yeah, yeah, why not? Jerry likes that idea, I think. I like that idea because that's exactly the idea that I said last year about the alumni association in Houston. Let's have an Astros night. All Cajun alumni buy a hundred tickets, go rent out a box. We're I here, mean, man. 
There's a ton. There's a ton of look. Of we can all brainstorm together, John. Okay, we can I'm, all brainstorm I'm together. You. I'm telling you. I mean, and so that's and why that's, I'm that's, like, oh my gosh, somebody <laughs> said it too. I'm not the only one. Great. <laughs> but I mean, think about doing it instead of for an Astros, doing it for a UL game against LSU in minute. Sure. Sure. I mean, what a what an opportunity Again, we have. Take my money. I'm them. there. I take my Absolutely. money. We'll take be there. Look, we're going. I'll, yeah, we're right. going. We'll be there right. anyway. I mean, right, right. And what if we did a raging review from a cruel uh, deal on a rooftop bar in Houston? I mean, come on, guys. Done. I'll bring we're, my we're literally <laughs> solving the world problem. The world oh, problem. John, we're gonna be best friends, man. We're gonna be best friends. I love. I love this thinking. Oh, oh my gosh! No, that but that's seriously great to hear. Before I turn it back over to you, Jerry, one question I had that I thought of while while we're talking about uh, the association, other associations around the country, I noticed that there's this, I guess, a, a mostly P or only P five um, collective association that that was announced and and doesn't really include any schools like ours quite yet. Mm -hmm, is that mm -hmm. is that a possibility in the future that we might want to join something like that, or is that kind of like one of the things that they're doing to try to further separate themselves from us. Yeah, I think they're trying to further separate themselves. And what they're, from my understanding, what they're doing is they're take they're leveraging national exposure opportunities at that level and getting people to give instead of give a hundred thousand, maybe they get a Coca Cola to give a million to a coalition that gets spread out. Or is kind of what my understanding is somehow how that might work. Um, I think. For us, you know, it's we're behind, guys. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest, we're behind. And sure. so I would I would love to grow this thing to where my my goal is to be the best group of five collective in the country. You know, that's that's my goal. Um it, does what does that look like? Is that financially? Is that perception? I don't know. Uh, but I want when people think of the crew line collective, I want them to think, man. As a group of five school, that's what a collective should look like. That's how it needs to be run. That's how it should operate. That's the type of events. That's the type of model we need to have. Um, and so that's my goal. I do – the thing that is – you just don't know where this is going. I mean, the landscape is ever-evolving. Uh, you don't know what this landscape's going to look like a year from now. You, you just have no clue. And so we just got to grow this thing. Try not to worry too much about what the P5s are doing. Because uh, we got a lot of business to take care of in our house right now. So with that said, with Crew Out Long, you know, you talked about how you're going after donors, more blue collar. Um, you know, there there is a little bit of, of a perception amongst uh, a lot of the blue collar fans that some of our foundations, you know, RCAF, the UL Foundation, they may be going after bigger money. Like I mentioned before, kind of keeping up with the Joneses. And some of the fans even said about Crew Out Long that this could be a good opportunity because Crew Out Long setting the blueprint in my opinion, as an outside organization, kind of doing what Martin Hall and the RCF can't do, trying to go in after the blue collars, because obviously you have to make money. You got to keep evolving with, you know, the NCAA, with the amount of money going into NIL and things like that. Do you, do you get that vibe from the fans where they feel like there's no place to go? Or do, is that something that, like, do you embrace that role of the, I know you mentioned how you embrace the role of the blue collar, but do you get that sentiment amongst fans? Like what has been the feedback from the fan base who you've come across as far as them giving per se. Yeah. I mean, I think you hear all kinds of things, right? You hear one thing about Cajuns, Cajuns will let you know how they feel. I mean, they're not, Pretty they're quickly, not going to, yeah. yeah, they're not going to hide their emotions. They're not going to hide their frustrations. Uh, and so 
I, I listen, you know, I listen to the best of my ability. I try to be very open-minded. Um, again, I go back to my perception as an outsider, quote unquote outsider coming in here. I didn't know anything was wrong with any, anything. I thought this was the greatest place in the world. This place that, man, I, I would love to be right. And so my thing is, like I said, I want to be the guy that fills in the cracks and maybe it's getting some people that have been supporters at a, at a crazy high level. Um, and they're, they're super content. Maybe someone that feels like maybe they've, they've missed the boat or they feel like they've been forgotten or they feel like they've been marginalized or not hurt. I don't know, but I want to be able to kind of be, be, be water, you know, where, where I don't want to be ice and say, Hey, we're just going this direction. I want to be water and, and be versatile, um, be able to reach people uh, where, where they can give, be able to engage people to where they feel like, man, I'm a, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of something. Um, and this dude, a, can he hears me? He he's listening. That's, that's my goal. Um, and again, to be a part of the rising tide, I want to, I want to help lift up the other things that are going on on campus because at the end of the day, guys, we can, we can say a lot of different things. Guess what? Enrollment's as high as it's ever been, you know, like enrollment is, is going through the roof. Um, and there, there's, there's things going on at UL that are, that are good. And so focus maybe gets taken there. It has to, you know, it has to. And so for me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little guy. I'm going to focus on the things I can focus on one day at a time. I'm going to drive and drive and drive and drive. Um, and wherever that meets people, it meets people. Like I was with a guy the other night and he was, he was frustrated about some things. I just looked at him and I, I looked him in the eyes. I said, look at me. I'm listening. I got you. I hear you. But guess what? We're going to push this thing. We're going to go. So um, people sometimes just want to be heard. Sometimes they just want to, you know, Hundred percent, and that and that I know Jerry, you just threw that comment up there about attendance. I mean, I know you don't have the the answer to to how we get more attendance, but a lot of the attendance issues are with people like you said that just want to be heard, and yeah. they think the ticket prices are too high, and they don't like the parking situation, and they don't like this, and they don't like that. So, how do you as a collective address that with the fans that are coming that you're asking for money for? You're saying, Mister Blue Collar Guy, I hear you, but the collectives here to make things better, you know, by getting better athletes, by making the experience better. What is the message to those fans who are already kind of put off by some of the things that are going on that you're listening to their complaints, but still at the same time asking them for more money. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I'm not at liberty to talk about some of these things, but I think the university is going to do some really cool things here pretty quickly to um, help with some of the attendance stuff. I think there's, some in-house things that they're doing, which, which will be, be really good. Um, sometimes guys, I'm just going to be honest. We need people to show up. I mean, like the other day we got a national televised game and we're playing Texas state. Who's good. We need people to show up. You know, we need people to get excited and to get energized and um, to put skin in the game. And I understand like there's different things, different reasons, but, Let's just show up. I mean, right now our football team, I mean, crap, guys. Look at the look at number two. Ever since ever since he's been playing, I mean, the excitement level, the passion. We're gonna have a homecoming game here in a week and a half under the lights. I mean, we gotta that my thing is to bring positive energy 
to bring excitement, to, to fire people up, to get people excited about the crew, and maybe get them excited to come out to a game. I don't know. I hope it does. I see him at – I like I was at Drago's the other night, and the bar was full, the patio was full. All I did the whole night was go around and tell people, thank you so much for coming out. Put my arm around them. Hey, what can I do? What do you think? What do you? What, what kind of ideas you got? Make sure you go to the game tomorrow. You know, that's that's all I know, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna push and be positive and drive. I am so incredibly like they didn't have to allow me to do this. I mean, I could have done it on my own, but they didn't have to get behind me and support it. You know, and so I am so thankful for the support that I'm getting, um, the appreciation that I'm getting. I'll, I'll tell you this, guys. I was fired in March. And excuse my language, it was a bitch. I mean, it was tough. You know, going through that, like, was hard. And so to to come to a place where administration and guys like yourself and a fan base get excited about what you're doing, I, mean, I don't care what some of the ills are or what's gone wrong. I'm fired up to be here, and I'm excited to help us, to help myself connect to some people that are on cloud nine or in the gutter. And, and I appreciate you saying that because so many times, look, I'm guilty of it. Like I said, I've been around the program for 20 years. We get, yeah. we get we spoiled, have. right? And we get, yeah. we get annoyed with some of the decisions and we think that they're not being, you know, looking forward. But the fact that you're saying that they're embracing you and they're pushing you forward and they support what you're doing tells me that they're thinking in the right direction. So the people who are, who are listening or watching or are, are saying, you know, they're not doing things the right way. Well, maybe they're, they're fumbling some things, but this they're getting right. You know, they're getting this right. And this is so important for the future of our program. So I really appreciate you saying that before I go back to you, Jerry, I, I do want to ask you one more thing about, about NIL. It's, it's new, right? We don't even know what the laws are, what they're going to be. They're going to be restrictions. There's going to be lawsuits. Antitrust is another thing. Rule changes in the NCAA. How do you kind of navigate around all of that? while still, you know, trying to get people on board. Um, I'm sure you're, of course, trying to follow, unlike some programs, trying to follow the rules uh, that are in place now and ever-changing. How do you kind of navigate those waters as they're continuously changing day-to-day, hour-to-hour? Yes, I mean, it's ever-evolving and changing. And, I mean, some of that is by staying in contact with compliance, make sure that everything we're doing is compliant. Um, Some of that goes back to, and I don't, I haven't touched on this tonight. Who's a part of our advisory board? Have I? Did I, did I, I don't think that? you've said who. You kind of told yeah. us there was, you so know, we, former yeah. players involved, right? It's, so I'll just throw out some names real quick, like Jace Conrad, um, former baseball guy. He's he's going to be a part of it. Um, Andre Huval, former football guy. He's a part of it. I taught um, him piano, by the way. <laughs> how about that? Are you serious? Good, good family friends. Oh yeah, great great family friend. Uh, ben Berth a lot with Lafayette Travel. Ben Bodoin who is a CPA with Darnell Sykes group, whose wife is like hip to hip with the president, does a lot of stuff with Dr. Savoy. Yeah. Uh, William Kellner, uh, who is an assistant coach. He's now an attorney uh, here in town. And so, uh, and then Ken Judy's, who is an, uh, an older guy, but is really excited about the crew and can connect to an age group that has some money that we have to be able to get to. And is, can maybe speak in a way that I can't, you know, to a certain type of people. Ken's good people. Uh, I know Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have a, it's a, and we're going to roll out two more election seasons here. And a couple were like, just let me get past election season and, and I'll, I'll get officially announced. So I said, I got you. Um, 
but having that type of quality of, I mean, you think you got a baseball player, you got a football player, you got a guy that's a basketball coach, you got a CPA, you got a lawyer, you got a guy that runs Lafayette Travel, so he touches every aspect of Lafayette as one of the biggest promoters of the culture uh, in the city. And so that's a fantastic, fantastic board um, to go about. And so what we will do is kind of all be in the know. Like I'm going to talk with them about all the things we're doing from a legality standpoint uh, with compliance, making sure that we're on board. But I think, Nick, more to the heart of your question is people in Lafayette want to know that what we're doing is actually legit. (laughs) Like I don't know that anyone in Lafayette knows what's compliant, what's legal, what's not legal. They want to know that Cruelon is legit. It has credibility. It has substance. When they give, man, it's going to go to where I'm expecting it to go. Um, and so that's the number one thing for me as we put this thing together is how do we develop that credibility behind my drive? You know, because I can get out here and excite people all I want, but who else is kind of holding me in check? What? Who else is on board with this? And that's why today was huge to get a rollout from the athletic department, um, embracing this and putting that out there. It's a it's a monumental day for UL athletics, in my opinion. And and by the way, Jerry, before you go, learn where somebody's going to ask you where you get your boudin from. So if you want credibility, you yeah. <laughs> you figure out where you get your boudin from. Okay, where do I need to get it from, Nick? Tell me. I would say either Billy's or Best Stop. Yeah, Best Stop. I mean, I've heard, yeah, either one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard both those. You can't Kobe go Julian wrong. Told me, Kobe Julian told me best stop, I think. Good stuff, man. Good stuff, yeah. So, so John, with Crew Law and NIL as a whole, right? And, and I have to ask this because there is a perception amongst a lot of fans and just really college sports fans in general that Crew Law is sort of this pay-to-play model and it's all about this sort of unofficial free agency for players. But at the same time, you mentioned it's about appreciation for the student-athletes. When you go try to sell the uh, the collective to a local about trying to keep, whether it's retention of players, whether it's showing appreciation, how do you shift that perception of, oh, it's just pay to play and we're just here to pay players to what your mission really is? I think it goes back to educating, Jerry. You know, for me, it's, it's educating people on why I'm doing what I'm doing for one. You know, why am I the the guy out here driving this as hard as I am. Why do I care? Um, I promise you it's not because I just want to make sure that players are getting paid. That's not, that's never been my heart as a coach. Um, and so it's, it's educating that. And then, I mean, I just, I think we ha- like the thing about you, the reason you guys have grown this platform in the way that you have uh, just from the little bit that I've get to know over the last month and a half, you guys have great, NIL. You have a great name, image, and likeness, right? You resonate with the fan base. They know who you are. They like your image. They like what you guys portray. Um, And so how do we help our fan base understand that the more we engage in NIL with our student athletes in a positive direction, man, maybe that keeps them around here for a lower dollar figure when they're getting recruited to go into the portal maybe that keeps them around here to not only graduate but maybe they go and get a job at uh, a car dealership or at shilling distributors or i don't know and now they get to be a contributing member to the culture for the rest of their life you know like 
that's why to me it was so important to get guys like Jace Conrad. Man, he had a great NIL before NIL was a thing, you know, and that's why he's he's blowing and going and is going to do great in his career. And so I want to educate people that, all right, we're not just a pay for play. We are a elevate the name, image, and likeness of each of our student athletes. And then when we have done that, we then can help monetize that name, image, and likeness through different outlets uh, so that we can retain them because we've had great relationships. We've really poured into them. We've connected them to fan bases. Um, they have something to look forward to. They know they're being taken care of, but it's an educational thing, man. It's a, the biggest thing that I fight is that question. What like this NIL, what, I mean, how can we even compete in NIL? And how, are we just going to pay these kids? And so for me, it's trying to shift the thinking it's here. We have to, we have to embrace it. We have to deal with it, but let's shift the thinking. And how is this a positive thing? How can this actually enhance our culture, our community? Um, and that's a, that's an everyday battle. So adding on to that real quickly, like the, the schools that you, you hear the main, the main stories you hear about NIL are the players that get paid the most from like the P fives and these major schools. And they have all of these, these big deals, these lucrative deals. What has been the overall average of an NIL deal that you know of? I mean, and, and how many players, like say on a football team of 85 to 90 players, like from your research, what are the true numbers of an NIL deal across the board, whether it's P5, G5, FCS? What if, What is some of the data? Just so fans can kind of understand that it's not just about these big deals. Yeah, you got big deals, you got little deals. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the reasons I got into this NIL stuff, guys, when I left McNeese, I had several guys that were in the portal, um, guys that had played for me. And they were talking to me about some of the NIL opportunities that they had. And I was blown away by, like, we had a, we had a kid that got recruited at what I consider to be another low-major school that they were talking about $60,000, $75,000, which to me, pretty good, you know. Um, I mean, I've heard, I've heard things over that school out west that used to employ me that's doing a pretty good job with their collective. Um, so I think at this level, like I, I, I've heard that uh, there's Conference USA school that gives their guys about three dollars to $4,000 a month. You do that out, that's thirty dollars to $40,000 a year you know, for their basketball guys. Um, and so you do that times 15 guys. That's over. That's about a 300, $400,000 deal just for basketball. Um, that's at the conference USA Southland uh, and below level. Now you get into, I, I read something the other day. It was awesome. Some schools are in another universe in the NIL game. And those are the ones that are in that coalition that you're talking about. It's just like, it's stupid money that they're playing with. You know, like Ole Miss goes out and raises $3 million in a week for NIL. I mean, they're just, it's just crazy. You know, they're in another universe. Some are in the game. They're trying. And some are not in the game at all. Um, and I think there's probably a fourth level that some have dipped their toe in and they're trying to feel their way through. You know, that's, I think, where we are now we're getting in the game, 
you know, today is a great step in towards really getting into the game. But it's real now, guys. I'm talking about, I mean, the collective needs to be robust uh, at the G5 level. And that's a that's a that's a hefty number. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars that we need to raise uh, in the collective. Yeah, and I want to be respectful of your time, so we only have a couple more questions for you. Um, sure. Do you have any any good examples of results that Cruelon has already accomplished that you're proud of? Have you had any, or or at least conversations? Maybe they didn't sign on the dotted line, but are there companies out there listening and wanting to get involved? I mean, to to me, guys, and I'm not going to put these people on blast or their the, the name, but uh, let me pull it up for you. I mean, we we've got one, two, three, four, five different levels for the event tomorrow night that are giving at greater than five thousand dollar level for the event tomorrow. That's awesome. Um, you know, and so like to me, like we've got a ten thousand dollar sponsor for the event for tomorrow. Um, so that's a, those are pretty big wins for something that wasn't even official until today. You know, like to me, that's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Um, I think the Dragos thing is a win, you know, having, being able to have a, a partnership with a company that's willing to host some student athletes and give back a portion of the proceeds to something that again, had has barely existed for a month. You know, to me, that's a pretty big win. Um, and then ultimately getting to today where we had the official release, uh, it was a lot of work to get there and a lot of T's to cross and I's to dot. To me, that's a big win. You know, that that was not something that was on my radar a month and a half ago. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, mid-July, early August, I didn't think that I'd be here talking to you guys about this. I didn't really even know what was going on. Uh, so for me, we've had a lot of wins, even being on this conversation with you guys to me is a win. Uh, every type of one of these things that I get to do means that we've got awareness growing and momentum's growing. And I think the good vibe is growing with it, which I think leads to that tsunami, that wave. We have success. We have great awareness right now. Now we get to turn that awareness into results. You know, the potential is growing. Now the potential needs to turn into realization. And excitement, right? And I, I I think you're on that road. I think you're getting that excitement. Jerry, before I go to you to close it out, one last thing that I thought about, we have a lot of former players, and they even call in on this show and, and say, hey, we want to be involved, but nobody's asked, and we don't know how to get involved with the program, et cetera. And I can think of a couple right now off the top of my head that want to be involved with this. We're not going to say names, but they want to be involved. And I know you have a certain number of people on an advisory board, and maybe not at that level. Maybe they can't do that. But if if former athletes want to get involved in this and they've been in that position and they know this and they want to connect with the with the newer players, do they contact you directly? How do they get in touch with you? Call me. You know, if you go to if you go to cruelon.com, um, again, K-R-E-W-E-A-L-L-O-N-S. I mean, I'm a I'm an open book, guys. If you go on there and you hit contact, my cell phone number's on there, my email address is on there. Um if you fill out a contact thing that comes right to my email, like the three, three, seven number that's on that website is my cell phone number. So if you want to get in touch, if you want to know more um, about how to do it, uh, my number's here. I'll, I'll put it in the chat. Three, three, seven, two, nine, two, six, two, six, five. Call me, text me. I might take you out to 
Don's. I might take you out to a meal. You might get a free meal out of this. Um, but that, I mean, it's a grassroots. If you want to be involved, man, I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to take advice. Uh, and maybe just maybe we have another Jerry moment where he's throwing his hands up in the air, like, Holy cow. And we have alignment of some ideas. You know, the thing that I loved about this conversation <laughs> and I, I could talk forever guys, but I, I Facebook, I put it on Facebook the other night when I left McNeese, one thing that I was looking for, whatever I did next was the word alignment. I wanted to be aligned with the right passion, the right people, the right purpose. Um, and as I've gone into this here at UL, like I could have just taken this show on the road and gone all over the country and, and done these events at different places. But I purposely chose to sit down here because of what I saw and what I believed in this place. And as I've got to listen to you guys on your pods after the games and different times, as I've got to meet different people, alignment, like meeting with Coach Deggs, me and Coach Deggs' stories are so familiar to baseball Coach Deggs. Um, listening to the players as I've talked to them about some NIL stuff, the alignment there, that's for me more than anything what has caused me to plant here alignment. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what I'm fired up about is that we have that alignment. So what I'm hearing is no excuses, Terry, and no excuses, Jimmy. If you want to be a part of it, the man's here. And by the way, my brother is also kind of a coach with the baseball team. Coach Doe, if you ever meet him, like slap him on the head and tell him I said that's for me. All right. Do that. Do I that for you. me. I, I coach Doe's a legend. And yeah, yet, he's and something. Nick, I Nick wouldn't say a legend. Go, <laughs> they go back and forth all the time. I love it. But, you know, uh, John, to your point, uh, I, I have to ask so far, so far, the local businesses you've talked to, the local people you've talked to, have you felt that the local businesses have have embraced uh, or the business community has embraced the crew? I lost uh, from your experience. Have you been able to go throughout Acadiana and, and speak to some of these uh, these these local businesses and, and local towns? Yeah, I'm not not enough. It's been more individuals. Um, and so one thing I would like to do in time is that, like, if you look at Ole Miss is a collective that I, I absolutely love. I love what they're doing. I love what they're about. They have a business coalition. So they have a coalition between the collective and different businesses in town where they have giving and they promote them and they have and they call it that. And so I eventually want to grow a business coalition. There's just so much freaking work to do. Guys. There's just so much to do um, that I haven't got that part of it off the ground yet. And that's I've, Lafayette travels the first and only one. Uh, there will be more in the days and weeks to come. Um, but yeah, we I, I have to do more of that. And that's why today we with Lafayette travels uh, members was a big deal. You know, being able to tell them about what we're doing and um, getting in front of more and more of those groups. I'm meeting with a group next Wednesday to talk uh there i'm meeting with the rotary club here in a couple weeks so i am hitting the ground more than running i mean i'm in a full sprint and um happy to talk to anybody to show up at functions um i am a i'm a hustler and i will do anything any meal anytime doesn't matter I'm going to hold you to that because one day we're going to go grab a good plate lunch Let's somewhere. Do it. We got to show you around the local hey. the local uh, cuisine. 
So, John, before we let you go, uh, you you kind of touched briefly on the meet and greet at Drago's. I know that runs through November 3rd, every Friday. Uh, You talked about the big tip-off celebration at the Doubletree tomorrow night. Can you you kind of expound on those events for people that, because I know we talked about it, but for people that may want to go or buy a last-minute ticket to the event or the tip-off celebration tomorrow, what what consists of these events and what can uh, the, the people look forward to? Yeah, uh, the event tomorrow, uh, we we have, I think, two two empty tables and th- where we just kind of built Lanyap in so that we could have people, if they showed up last minute, um, they could come and be a part of it. So uh, if you want to come and be a part, literally just come to the Doubletree tomorrow night at 530. We'll have a registration table. Uh, you can buy your tickets at the door um, and come be a part of that. The, it's it is the tickets aren't cheap now they're 125 dollars a ticket 250 for a couple um but you get an opportunity for three hours to be around the basketball players in the intimate setting you get a wayne tubes concert you get a really good meal um you get two two or three drink tickets uh to go along with the meal um uh, and so again we're putting some skin in the game uh, so you can come and do that the dragos thing is a much easier entry you show up on the patio uh you order some food you order some drink you hang out with some friends the football players are going to be out there around 4 30 for about an hour hour and a half but from three to seven anything that we raise any any of those sales 40 percent of that's going to go back to the collective uh and so again my whole thing is i don't want to have barriers to entry you know i don't want to have a a level that people feel like ah man i can't hit that or i can't do it you're going to go out and drink. You're going to go out and eat on a Friday. Just come out to Drago's and meet a guy that's was just named a Manning. I don't even know what he is. One of the best eight quarterbacks in the country, I guess. I mean, for the week. He's only completing 70% of his passes. He's going to be on the patio, and he's a guy that we need to to get out there and support, in addition to Casey and Kendra, because they're, our defense right now, we got a bunch of guys that fly around and play aggressive, and so – uh, it's a great opportunity to go out and support both of those vet, uh, ventures. Quick question. Financial guy in me wants to know, are tickets to these events tax deductible? They're not. They're not. Okay. Because okay. Be- I'm still going to give it, but just wanted to know. <laughs> the You know, uh, there's some collectives that started out as five and some are still trying to do that. The IRS has come out and said, eh, and I just didn't want to go down that road. You know, it's a lot of work. To no, get you into don't. The, <laughs> but it's, no. it's a lot to get into the 501c3 game. And for to do all that work, for them to come and shut you down, to me, is a waste. Um, the the element where you can get some tax deduction is from a sponsorship standpoint and advertising, you know. And that's where the event model comes into play, too, and the business coalition. You know, where I can say, hey, they're, it's a marketing expense. You know, we're promoting them on social media. We're putting them uh, at the events as a sponsor or as an ad. Um, so there's there's a little bit of a ability to write off. It's not quite at the same level as a, a non-taxable charitable donation, but it is something. That's awesome. Um, so just, just a reminder to everybody what John just mentioned. So Friday through November, November 3rd, from around 4.30 p.m. to about 6, right? Uh, there will be meet and greets uh, at Drago's. And then tomorrow night, October 12th, doors open at 5.30 at the Doubletree for uh, the big tip-off celebration uh, that that the crew Alon will kick off. Now, besides these two events, uh, any future events on the horizon coming up really soon before the new year or right after the new year that you have planned, or is it still kind of in the works? 
Yeah, we're talking about one for football. Um, we haven't we haven't finalized or formalized what that's going to look like, uh, but I think it will probably coincide with the end of the season because uh, the end of the day, that's when we're going to need some some funding uh, to be really built in there. In retrospect, you know, the time that you need the money raised is when the transfer portal is heating up. You know, for basketball, like right now, uh, this is more – a retroactive thing is a proactive thing. It goes back to last year. If if you're doing this type of thing in March when the transfer when the season just ended, let's say let's say they did this right after the the conference tournament or the the NCAA tournament run, right? Let's say hey, they had this event right after that. I mean, what would the success be like? Probably pretty good. You know, think about if again retrospect if if they did an event like this when Jordan Brown was about to go into the portal, man, what could we have raised? in that event and that night, you know? And so trying to think about hey, how do we position these events when the needs are the highest? Um, because that, that need creates demand in the consumer and they understand, Hey, my giving right now directly impacts our ability to retain. Well, John, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for answering all our questions and, and discussing this with us, this is a very, very, very important piece to to our athletic department, our school. Um, yeah, like we said, the NIL collective, it's such a new world, but it's a big part in college sports now. And uh, we love your enthusiasm. We love your excitement. And like I said, you look so much better in red than <laughs> blue and gold. So I had to reemphasize that. Um, so... Tell us where we can contact you. Like you said, I know you talked about your cell phone number and whatnot. Uh, you have social media. How can we reach out to you in case we have any questions besides just the website? Yeah, I mean, the website, uh, everything that I have. So Twitter, the name's Cruelon. There's no numbers after it. It's just Cruelon. Instagram, Cruelon. Um, so you can DM me. I think that's where I, I, I talked with you guys was on Twitter through DM. Uh, my cell phone is there, the website. But <laughs> – if you have social media, you can find Cruelon. It all comes directly to me. Um, I'm I'm running all of those pages, so I will get I'll get the message, and I'll be sure to communicate. Um, what I would love to have happen, guys, within the next year or so, we grow this so, so big that I have a couple employees to help me because I'm running ragged, <laughs> going crazy. So it'd be it'd be great if we could get some people to jump on board with this from a, a, a additional employee standpoint or something. Would be awesome. Well, John, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so much education, and uh, you know, you're still you're still technically a coach for us. You're, you're the coach of the NIL Collective. You're our, That's you're right. our NIL coach. So, I like it. I like it. Yeah, I need to put that in my bio. <laughs> I love it. Head coach of NIL Collective. It's a it's a new <laughs> title, but it's a it's a different realm of things. But it sounds like you're kind of doing similar things as a coach, right? I mean, you're educating. You're yep. you're talking through different scenarios but we couldn't be happier to have you uh we thank you so much for the passion you bring that, i mean uh, we're getting feedback right now live of how excited the fans are and uh, we definitely look forward to seeing you all throughout the community promoting this and helping our student athletes so thank you for that absolutely guys i appreciate you guys and i i mean it like i admire what you guys do and uh it's a platform that i was really excited to to get involved with and looking forward to doing stuff in the future finding some opportunities to partner and I can't wait to get over to Nick D's pool and hang out in March, man. You're coming in March. So we'll make it happen. I love and it. Please look 
Hey, don't be a stranger. Hey, we always say when you come to Lafayette, you're family now. So please don't be a stranger. Come back anytime. You're welcome anytime back on the Thank pod. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. Thanks, John. All right. Appreciate Thank it. you so much, John. Well, that was Mr. John Aiken, the president of the Crew Alon. I kind of like that title, head coach of NIL Collective. You know, I like that too, man. And yeah. I got to tell you, that's the first time I talked to John. Um, I know Josh has had some connectivity with him a little bit, but he's doing it the right way, man. He's passionate. Yeah. He's a recruiter. I mean, how oh, yeah, I brilliant see. is it that you have a guy leading your NIL that is a recruiter at the college yeah. level? I mean, that's just great. So. Uh, like you said, we'll be supporting those efforts a thousand percent. We look forward to being a partner with with this collective. And man, great things could happen. I, I, I just feel like there's so much excitement from him in this that how can fans that are that are borderline not want to jump in and help? So I think this is just going to be a, a great thing uh, all around. Well, college sports is evolving. We know that. We've talked about it. We talk about it in every episode, right? The fear of maybe a player leaving or the fear of of, of a player wanting certain incentives. Well, this is this is our opportunity. This is our skin in the game. We now have a collective that can compete with that. And and look, I know there's perception out there. People are, are fearful of you know what's going to happen with college sports. How we're going to be able to go toe to toe with some of these big schools and you're going to, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but at the same time, we now have a platform to stand on to where the fans and he said it, the blue collar fans, right? Not just the white collar gazillionaires, the blue collar fans like us can get involved and uh, I'm going to get involved. I know you're going to get involved and whatever we can do to make sure our student athletes have the best experience here uh, at Louisiana. So, but look, this is something we can control. Like you can sit back and say NIL is not fair. Or you can give, like he said, a $25 donation. You might not think that's a lot, but I tell you what, when you start getting a lot of $25 donations, that builds up. So there's no more excuses that we can't do. We can't be in the NIL game because we don't have the money. Look, we might not be like he said on that, on that level that Southern Miss is getting three, uh, not Southern Miss, but, but Mississippi state or Ole Miss getting $3 million donation in a week. We might not be at that level. But I tell you what, we could make a difference in keeping some of those star players that we have that other programs want, keeping them here. So it starts it starts with us. No more excuses. Now we have a collective. Now we have a guy who wants to be here. He's going to hopefully rejuvenate our fan base. And uh, look, that could spread to like he alluded to that could spread to the program itself and getting people more excited uh, in the program by getting involved in the in the NIL collective. So. Uh, just an overall great, great conversation, and it got me excited. I, I, he brought I can't up wait. the idea of, of of a night at Minute Maid Park. I've been screaming that for like the last three years. See, great minds think alike, Nick. I'm all about great. it, baby. Let, and you and you right down the road. So that that's a win win for everybody. I can bring my equipment. It'll be super easy. You know, done. it'll be fantastic. Done, done. Anyway, guys, that's gonna do it for our episode tonight at Rager Review. Please like, subscribe, a comment. Follow us at YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. You can listen to us on Apple iTunes as well as Spotify. Again, that was Mr. John Aiken, president of the Crew Alon, the new official UL NIL collective. Uh, they will have that event tomorrow night, October 12th at the Double Tree. Tip-off celebration starts at 5.30. Tickets are 125 for one member or one person. Uh, if you want to come in as a couple, there'll be 250 apiece. They'll have auction auctions wayne toops in person so you get a good 
get a good deal there. I think I'm sure they got some good food and drinks as well. Go out and have a good time. Support these student-athletes. If you can't make it, Friday, Dragos, 4.30. Casey Osai, Kendra Grant, Zeon Chris will be in appearance to say hello to Cajun Nation. Uh, anything that, I think if you buy food and drink at Drago's, I think he said 30 to 40% will go to NIL. So I think I might be ordering takeout from Drago's on Friday night, right? And I get to go say hi to our fellow Cajun players. So any way you can support the NIL initiative, it's pretty simple. Like I always mentioned, low-hanging fruit. Why not go say hi to the players and show your appreciation and, and uh, help uh, fund these student athletes. Again, that's going to do it for Region Review. We'll have this episode up ASAP. Once again, thank you so much, John, for joining us. Looking forward to a lot more appearances. You can see him around town. It looks like he's going to be marketing this hard, doing a great job so far. Glad to have him on our team. For, Jer for, for Nick, I'm Jerry. We are the Region Review Podcast. Everybody have a great night. And as always, go Cajuns. We will see you next week as the Cajuns prepare their homecoming matchup against the Georgia State Panthers. In the meantime, this weekend, enjoy the bye. Have some drinks. Have some fun. Enjoy this nice, cool weather. Maybe cook a gumbo. And we will see you on the other side. Bye. We out of here.